Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. AD. Yo. It's been a minute, man. It's, it's been a minute. I mean, it, it seemed like that Thursday night game was eons ago. You know, it's been a minute, but they still haven't lost. They still, <laughs> they like still it. haven't lost. Eight and zero, and now the only team in the NFL with that zero in the loss column. This is the Believe in Forty ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I am Rashawn Haylock. Plenty to get to here on this show. Of course, we'll recap that game from. Seemed like it was like three weeks ago, the, the Thursday night Cardinals mm-hmm. uh, affair. We'll get into that a little bit. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Emmanuel Sanders, how he's fitting nicely into this offense since the acquisition from the Denver Broncos. And we'll get into our grades. We'll give you our 49ers grades on the year and also our awards, our midseason NFL awards yeah. predictions. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll get into all that here on this jam-packed uh, edition of the Believe in 49ers podcast. Um, Niners win that one yeah. on Thursday night. It was an uh, some people say it was an ugly affair. They got out of there uh, with a narrow win. I I want to hear your thoughts first because I I I got some interesting thoughts about Thursday night football just in general. But but your your overall assessment. A lot of people were panicking. A lot of people were freaking out. Um, I, don't I know it? <laughs> and and well, one person who who was upset was our guy Sherm. He he was upset about the play of the defense, and they gave up some 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 explosive plays, and, and he wasn't happy about the way uh, that that the team played as well. Um, but I, I you, you, go go ahead, go ahead. Before. Oh, well, you know, I don't have a problem with Sherm being upset about I, I don't the explosive either. plays because you you shouldn't. That defense is too good, and uh, to get, especially a, a play of the magnitude of eighty eight yards or something like that. Uh, how often? How many eighty yard plays have you had in the NFL this year? Not a lot. See, that's that's just an anomaly. So I'm not freaking out about that. But when you are the guy on the field and you've put together a good performance and then you just kill you, that's a stat killer. That's all. Because that play, it, it wasn't going to win the game for you. All it, all it does, it makes it look like it was a close game. It makes it look like uh, this team was in it, even with, even with you know, the extra yardage. You know, now the quarterback has all this extra garbage yardage on his stats. These receivers get it. It messes up. It messes up your yard per, you know, per pass and your defensive stats. But this is what I expected. The Cardinals. It's, it's, you got to understand. This, this is the thing, Ray. The Cardinals are not. The Cardinals are not a bad football team. They're. They. They. Um, they're not. They're, I, I think they've. I think they've kind of overachieved. Uh, well, you know what? Let me let me say that. Let me say this better. Let me say this better. Because I want there 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 are levels of teams that don't win, and the Cardinals are a they are. Yeah, you know, I, I was right about that. They they are they are they are they they're not a sad football team. That's what I was about to say. I was going to think, but you know, they are they are that's that's where they are right now. They're sitting there, and. 
and they, they look at it at that there's still hope. And that's why I said there's a sad club and there's a bad club. Sad clubs, they go in, they think that they have hope. They play just hard enough to lose. They, they, they think that, and that's what the Cardinals are, where it's a 500 club. We have some guys. We can, we can get things done. The Cardinals, care, they care so much about beating the Niners. I've talked to guys on that squad that, you know, lifers there. And, and it's the Cardinals. It's a big deal for and them. You know, I've told you, when you put that bird on the side of your head, you're cursed. That's how we always looked at it that's from the Niners' standpoint. But the, the, the Cardinals want to achieve what the Niners organization has done. It's always a big game to them. But they play just – and sad teams play just hard enough to lose. They're sad. They, they still – there's some hope. Bad clubs, they're depressed. And, and that's, that's, there, there's, there's no sadness. Like don't want to come to work in the morning they, depressed? They are, they, they are, there's, there's an absence of hope. There's no hope in the building. And that's the thing. So when you start going to when you, the Miami Dolphins are a bad football team. There's no hope. Those guys go to work every day. Yes, they're professionals. They got their they're first try win. To do Shout their out job, Brian Flores. But they know that they're not going to do anything with this season. They know their season is over. There is no hope whatsoever for that squad to have anything successful happen this year. They know that. That's when you have a bad football club, when, when you know that your coaches don't put you in a, in a position to win. You know that the organization's not putting you in a position to win. When you start to feel that as a player, it's over, all hope is lost, and, and, and the locker room's depressed. If your locker room's just sad, like Arizona, they're, they're just sad. They, they, they feel like, okay, we can win a couple of games, we won a couple, so that's what the Niners were going against. So I, they're, they're professionals. Professionals can make plays, but the Niners on a short week. They won. I think it's atrocious to have to play a, a division game on a Thursday night on a short week. I, the advantage always goes to the to the home team. That's one less day of wear and tear on your body when they already take days off of it. So I, I've always thought that that right there, and I know why they do it. They do it for you, you know just it's it's, just, it's a geographical thing if you're going to do that game, but still. Advantage goes to the home team. It's not fair, man. But don't freak out. They won. They won. And, and like I said, they beat a sad team. Not a bad ball club. They're just sad. They, the, the Cardinals actually still think that they're, they're in it and they got a shot. Yeah, I, I think you said it right there. And, and that's the one thing to me that stuck out, not just about this game, but about Thursday night games in general. We Our last show, we had we had our boy Shoe on, and I, I – we talked about it a little bit just in terms of Thursday night football. And I've heard too many guys talk about how too many people that play this game talk about how Monday they're just feeling some kind of way after a Sunday game, right? Barely can get out of bed. It's not until Thursday that they're actually yeah. feeling okay. Yeah, two days after a game, that's yeah. when you feel your worst. That's right. why Tuesday's normally the off day. The off, you, normally you, you feel your absolute worst two days afterwards. And it's not until Thursday that you feel like you're ready to, to, to kind of start getting ready for for that yeah. next week the body starts to feel okay so because of that I, I don't take too much stock in these Thursday night games I said it before we went off the air the last time I said if if, if there's somebody out there you need this win by the Niners on a Thursday night to show you just how great they are then have at it good for you uh, well my I don't mind the game the score being the way it was I don't mind the fact that there were some mistakes made here and there because it you know, and, I, and I'll give a pass. They won the game. I said it. I was on the record. I said it to the Arizona press there. I was like, the Niners are going to win this game. They're a better team. 
And I thought, uh, once again, I, 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 I told him that the game won't be closer than two scores the whole game. Now, and it would have ended that way if not for that big play at the yeah. end. Uh, so the Niners were in control of this game. But I knew the Cardinals w- would play them hard. But like I said, it's, they're a sad ball club. They, that's what they always are. They, they always play just hard enough to lose. So the trick, this is another game that the Niners had to learn how to win. Finish teams when you have an opportunity to finish them. And, and at some point during that game, I put out there, I, I said, this is what happens when you, you play not to lose as opposed to just stepping on someone's throat. When the, the Niners had a, a, a couple of series in there in that second half where they weren't really attacking. And, and I think because you didn't, you didn't go ahead and just, you know, just void all hope. <laughs> because the Cardinals were already at a point to where, okay, this one, you know what, this club, now that we see them, they're better than us. But, but they, they left them in the game, so now you're one play away from disaster, and that's what happened. And, and, and that's the thing. I, I, I don't – they got out of there with the win. It was a three-point win, yeah. and really that's all I was looking for a was, was a win. That's it. Right? Me too. And, and, but had they lost this game – I wouldn't have looked at this team any differently uh, well, what, whatsoever. Oh, no, I, I wouldn't think that they're not a good ball club. They'd still be a good, good ball club. They'd be sitting at, what, 7-1. and one. Nor would I have been hitting the panic button uh, no, I whatsoever. But see, no, but see, the difference between you and I, I think, on this one, is that I'm not looking at them versus the Cardinals. I'm not looking at them versus really their division. I'm looking at them versus um, Seattle. Um, I'm looking at them, which is in their division, but I'm looking at, I'm looking at them head-to-head with Seattle, head-to-head with New Orleans, head-to-head. That's how you have to look Philly. I want to look at the teams that you're – right now, Minnesota. Yeah, that, I'm looking at the you, Giants. You, you I mean, look, um, um, Green Bay. You have, to look at, you have to look at those teams, right? Yeah, but, because for home field advantage. Yeah. That's what I'm looking at. Losing to the Cardinals, it, it affects you that, there. That, that affects you there. However, just in terms of an overall barometer – I don't oh. think th- Thursday nights aren't very much of a barometer because when are you ever going to play a team on three days rest? It just it's just not going to happen. Uh, well, except, except for those those Thursday night games. I, so I'm, so I'm really, it's kind of I don't want to say it's gimmicky, but it, it's it's so out of the norm that there's not really much to take from it. Uh, well, well, you know, you take a win or you take you, a you loss. You take a win or it. you take a loss, and, and that's pretty but, much it. But I'm with you on a, a barometer as to where your ball club is. I agree with you on that. The Niners would still be the same good football team that they have shown themselves to be regardless. But the, the effects of a loss would have been how, it, how you're going to have to handle it come January. Come January. That's what the, the Niners need to be playing that's for. What, that's if what I'm in about. that locker room – I know that whole take it one game at a time. Yeah, I'm taking it one at a time. I'm trying to step on someone's face one week at a time because I'm looking at the big picture. You have to start looking at the big picture. This game coming up Monday night, that's a big picture game. It is a that, very- that, that goes beyond just the division. I, yeah, I, I was in the box, unfortunately, in the NFC championship game when the Niners lost up there. Uh, it, it, that's a tough place to play. That's a tough place to play anytime. It's a very tough place to play. I can tell you where I was, what I was doing, (laughs) what I was wearing. That's a tough place to play in January come playoff time, especially when it's the Niners because there's not a whole lot of love. And if you can avoid that. Avoid it as much as possible. Avoid it at all costs. Yeah. Yeah. 
and when we were talking to Shu, and I, I said I kind of likened it to the NBA schedule. How you you take you take a look at the NBA schedule, and there's some losses that's that's written in there. And and I know Shu was a little concerned about maybe maybe this was the game mm-hmm. where, where where they get caught. I remember. And, and and my whole counterpoint to that was, well, if it is, I, I looked at it just like I would look at the NBA schedule. You know, to your point earlier, the road team is at such a disadvantage. I, I don't think they didn't practice Monday. Um, I think they may have got a little bit of a workout in on Tuesday. Wednesday's a travel day, and you're playing ball on on Thursday. And so you get out of there with a th- with a three point win. I think Jimmy Garoppolo showed a little something with his four touchdowns. Had had, had his his best uh, performance yeah. as a pro. Um, but I want to get back to Sherm for a little bit because okay. he was he was upset. Should be. He was upset. Oh. But Kyle Shanahan had a different approach. You know, he he said. He can understand. He can see why Sherm will be a little bit upset, but he chalked it up to Thursday. He said. He said he he looked at his team throughout that game. He saw a lot of tired legs, and that was not indicative of the way his team is or the way his defense has been for the duration of this season. And both men are correct. If you're the guy in the huddle, if I'm the guy out there, I hate I hated garbage yards. We all hated it back there because that's all it does at the end of the day. And remember, I played um, with some really good offenses. So at the end of the day, the game is out of hand, and all these teams are doing is just trying to get junk yardage and everything, and they're putting us in soft defenses to let them do it, and we're out there just ready to fight. Everybody, We're just ready to fight because, you know, it's just killing our numbers. So everyone's like, this defense is not that good. This secondary is not that good. Well – you do realize we were winning 50 to 10 in the third quarter, and they start taking all the starters out, and now they're just getting this junk yardage. You hate that, and that's, I know that's how Sherm is feeling. This defense has been so dominant. You don't ever want to have those bad plays show up on film because you know that the, the defense is capable and has shown week in and week out that you are capable of not having those explosive plays. You consistently avoid that. I can see him getting upset. And, I, and, and he should be because he's he the guy be. actually in that huddle. And you want to see that from of him. Of course. Of course. You want, you want him to let everyone know that regardless of tired legs, it may not, there may be another game in which you were tired where an offense has put some drives together or offensively they have nothing going and the defense is out there play after play. You may, you may end up with a, with a bunch of three and outs on offense and you have an 85-90 play game defensively your legs will be tired you still can't give up those plays that's what Sherm's trying to get to the group I like that Kyle he's also being realistic about it I know my guys I watch them work that's my job my job is my job is to know when to when to press my thumb on these guys when to back off I'm looking at them and I can tell that they didn't have all their juice I know why. I know how my guys look on Thursday. And may, he may be looking at them like, like you just said earlier, your body started to feel better. Like this is, a, this is normally how they look on Thursdays. <laughs> they just don't play a game. I, I see these mistakes at Thursday, on Thursdays. You know, I, I see guys, you know, missing a coverage here or, or a false start there. You know, a guy taking the wrong angle. That's what happens on Thursdays. Normally it's practice. So, I, so both of the guys, I, I get it. I, I, I like the outlook from um, both sides of that. Small sample size, but Emmanuel Sanders. He's playing well. He's making his quarterback better. Told you he would. Good bat ball catcher, good route runner, 
How about him coming out of the backfield, though, for that touchdown? The creativity of Kyle Shanahan there kind of hiding him back there. And then, of course, you know, Sanders doing what he does, though. But I, I feel like he's he's acclimated even quicker than I thought he would um, coming over from Denver. Well, know, this is this is the part of it's I, only been two games. But see, I'm not shocked by that because Sanders understands football. He's a vet. He's a vet, and and he's played in several different systems. What that shows me when you can play, I, every you've seen it with a lot of players, and you can pick the position, especially at the at the um, at the the perimeter positions, offense or defense. You see guys that go from one team to the next, and they don't necessarily have the same type of production uh, because they don't they they don't mesh well with that system. When you see guys play in different, on different teams in different systems and the production stays the same, you know that this guy understands the matrix. He understands what he's looking at. Um, he, you, you know, his, his football acumen is high, uh, and that allows you to be, as a coach, that allows you to throw someone in quickly because you, you now know that they can see what it is you want them to see. So, as a, so the part that people always think, Emmanuel Sanders is coming in, and he's got to learn the, the entire playbook. No, he doesn't. He's got to learn the game plan. Ah. All, all I have to do is learn the game plan this week for the team I'm going against. I don't need to know the whole playbook. Kyle Shanahan is not going to use the whole – he's not going to go into the game against the Cardinals with the entire um, playbook. He's not going to go into the game against um, uh, Seattle with the entire playbook. He's not going to bring the whole Bible. He's just going to bring a few scriptures. And that's that's what you do every week. So that's so players. So people always think, well, this guy has to come in and learn everything, or he came in and he learned the entire playbook, you know, overnight. No, he didn't. But he didn't need to. So you, his understanding of football will be able to dictate just how quickly and how much you can involve him. And that, that's that's all it is. Jimmy G with those four touchdowns. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, of course, making an impact. Uh, Niners get out of Arizona with a 28-25 win. So we hit the mid-season point yeah. for these Niners, right? They're 8-0 and on the year. Uh, we'll talk about Jimmy G later on during the week. Uh, we'll get a little bit more into this Niners defense later on in the week as well. And I know that, you know, after Kyler Murray and seeing what the defense did against him, now there's there's this new narrative that the Niners have an issue against running quarterbacks, which there's we'll, always we'll, something. Yeah, always something, right? We'll, we'll, we'll touch, Ain't no. We'll, we'll touch on that later in the eight and zero, right? They've so a, they've had a problem with so many things that they've beaten, <laughs> <laughs> right? Man, man, we have so many issues with with these types of personnel yes. or these types of teams, and and we beat them all. They beat them all. Um, so we'll we'll get into that later in the week. Now it's time to hand out some grades, and we'll give you our mid season uh, awards too. Um, Midseason awards, of course, MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie, Defensive Rookie, Comeback Player, and Coach of the Year. Um, let's talk Niners I, first, though. Okay, okay. Let's, let's give out some grades. Let, let's. I'm thinking we go broad offense, defense, special teams, coaching, okay. or do you want to go position by position? Uh, no, that, this is a live production the, meeting here, folks. Uh, yeah, yeah, really, really. You know, we should just go broad. Because let's go broad. It's, it's easy we got some for awards. Me. We got some awards. To yeah, and then, and then we can get more detail with okay. the with the actual awards. You want to know how the show works? There you go. You had it. You got there it right it there. Um, <laughs> so, all right, well, let's start offense first. Okay. What, what, what do you What do you got? I'm going to give him an A. You give him an A. Yes. 
I've, you're, you're one of the leading um, scoring offenses in the league. Uh, you have been able to score when necessary uh, to come from behind and win. Uh, when, when you needed to control games with the run, you've been able to do that. Uh, you, have, um, you have done very little to put your defense in bad situations. Uh, not that you have it, but you've done very little to put your defense in bad situations. So we've been playing really good complimentary ball, and you're 8-0. That's an A. That's an A. Uh, your thoughts? I'll give him an A also. Yeah. Um, I, I think for me it's the offensive line, right? If I was going to grade each individual oh, okay, individ- if I was going to grade each individual yeah. tier, I would give the offensive line an A, and, and I think for that reason I'll give this offensive A because the O-line has been fantastic. They played without their two tackles for uh-huh. the majority uh, mm-hmm. of this first half of the season, and with that um, – Jimmy G has still been able to produce. They're still keeping him upright. The running game it's has still, still been able yes. to produce. Uh-huh. Um, and so I think all in all, I, I think I'll give them an A. Um, there are some issues, though, however, um, especially at the wide receiver position. But I think Ama- Emmanuel Sanders coming in, I think that, that kind of – it's amazing it's how they hu- keep winning with huge, these issues. It's a huge, it's a, it's a huge shot in the arm, though, with with Emmanuel okay. Sanders coming over. So right, I'll, I'll right. give him an A. What, what right. do you got for defense? Uh, again, an A. I, I, one of the top defenses in the league. Um, you know, from yardage standpoint, number one. I think what scoring number two, and and points win games. Uh, they have found a way to, again, give the ball back. They've gotten turnovers. That was an issue last year. They've been turning the ball over. They've been scoring defensively. Um, they've been getting off the field uh, on on third down, which is in my book I always view that like another turnover because you're giving the ball back to your offense. That's an opportunity. And these guys go three and out on teams, and, give, and you're giving your offense extra opportunities to score, and, and, and the offense is taking advantage of the short field that they're giving them. So, easy. Hey. I give him an A plus. I love a plus. this defense. Okay. Um, I can't give him a plus. They you can't give, give him a plus. They gave him an eighty-eight yarder. I, I'll give him a plus. It was a Thursday. Okay. It was a Thursday night. I don't, I'm not. I'm not too concerned about that. I'll give him an A plus because, for one, I love this defense. Now I, I go back to to something you tweeted. Um, I, you said you, you tweeted something along the lines of yards don't win games. Yeah, yards don't. Yeah. Points do. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And. This defense has been excellent in keeping the opposition out of the end zone, giving the offense uh, en- enough possessions to be able to, to do what they do, and they've been dominant on that front line. And I think because of their dominance, it's allowed those other two levels to thrive and to shine. Um, for my money, they're the best. I don't care what the numbers say. For my money, they're the best defense in the league right now. Best thing going. I know New Orleans has played extremely well defensively. I know New England has played uh, extremely mm-hmm. well defensively um, prior to, you know, what happened to them on Sunday night when they got carved up by, by Lamar Jackson and company. But I think time and time again, no matter what the issue is, you know, even if, say, you know, there, there's been this trend lately of, of teams being able to put together some drives against them on the, on the very first drive of the game, but then what happens? The adjustments come, right? Yep. And yep. that doesn't happen anymore, you know, throughout the game. Um, 
And it was a similar situation in Arizona. You know, Arizona was able to score yes. early. All of a sudden, it was 21-7 yep. Niners. And then, you know, towards the end, they, they, they let a, little, a couple couple plays yeah, get it's always get amazing them. watching the feed and everyone's freaking yeah. out on that first <laughs> drive. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I actually like. God, yards don't win games. Just relax. Points do it. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, flying colors for me. Yeah, got it. Okay. Uh, special teams. Hey, I'm Re- there. Really? Yes. Yes. And and I don't mind a missed kick. Um, well, like I mess with the kickers, you should make those. But your your coverage, I think, has been okay. Um, I think that you've had you've been getting teams. You know the defense that you have. Whenever you you're pinning teams inside the twenty with this defense, if you make a team go a long to have to take the long field, it's going to be very difficult for them to score. So I think they've been playing very complimentary with the defense. Um, and they haven't been asked to do a whole lot as you know other than that as far as you know as far as the kicking game the need to for them to win the game. So it's again you're 8 and 0. You haven't you haven't done anything to screw up the 8 and 0. So I am not going to downgrade you. I will. Go ahead. I'll downgrade them. I'll give them a B minus. Okay. I'm not too I'm not too high on the special team. Richie James has been pretty good in the return game. Um, yep. But you look Which at, ups your offense. Yep. That's first downs they don't have to get. Keep going. But you look at, I mean, this team has been through multiple long snappers. That haven't hurt the team. Um, it hasn't hurt the team. But just because you're an, you're, you're an A student and it, and, it, and it comes easy for you doesn't mean that, that you can kind of slack off person. But also, but just because you are getting rid of, if you're getting rid of the weak link, if you identify the weak link, and I'm going to get into that too, or my, my coaching grade, if you identify the weak link and you take care of it before it hurts you, uh, I'm not going to downgrade the performance of everyone else because that performance, when that performance hasn't hurt anyone, the weak link, hey, you got to go. Yeah, but to me, I just, I just expect more. I think, I think. So as, does the coaching staff, obviously. I think, I think, yeah, I think as a, I think as a whole, I think the special teams has been the weak link of this team. Um, and not that it's cost them, not that it's hurt them, um, but I think it definitely needs to be stronger. It definitely needs yeah. to be more solidified. So um, look at it. No big returns. No big returns that has put the defense in a bad position. Um, no, you know, no kicks or fumbles, snaps, or things like that that has cost them. So, you know, and the players that aren't up to, up to the standard that they are setting, they've been moving. Yeah. yeah, that's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's but you. I, I, you I, it's your grade. I, yeah, it's, it's it, your it, grade. You're it, just a tougher my, teacher than I'm, me right I'm a now. Little, and I'm I a little, thought I was a pretty tough teacher. I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a little harder on the special teams. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, some of the missed field goals. You're doing that, that and, and me and, I, and that, the world knows I don't like kickers. That yeah, that Browns game. You know the the, the three only kicks, when they miss the three kicks like that was that was missed there. Um, the punting game has been average. Yes, the coverage has been pretty good, but the, the punting uh, game know. in general but, has but been that's average. But that's, that's all a part of it. it. That's like saying the quarterback threw a bad ball, uh, but the receiver made a great catch. At the end of the day, that quarterback gets those stats for that reception. Yeah. That's how I feel about a punter. If, if you have good coverage, it, it, that's the, if they're not returning the ball, if, you know, if, it, if, if he's kicking the ball only 40 yards or 39 yards, but there's no return, then that's, that's okay. I, I can th- live with it. I think he doesn't as, have to kick at six. I think as we flip towards the second half of the season and the schedule tightens up mm-hmm. a little bit, uh, I think they're going to have to be a stronger unit. 
I think for sure you're gonna have to. Get, I think they'll got, get better. You're gonna I have to get some more out of your special mid, teams. Dude, these are mid-season grades. These are I mid-season think they're grades. doing okay. Yeah. Yes, they're they're being graded on these first games. Coaching, coaching. That's where my A plus comes in. Okay. For all the reasons that you've touched on with the offensive line, when you look at the injuries that you've had there, you've still found a way to make certain that you put players in positions to be successful. Yes, credit goes to those players themselves, uh, but it's not easy to come up with a game plan when you lose your tackles, when you, you, know, you're, you're, you start to have injuries like the other night, your, your tight end goes down. Um, you flip over. I can flip over to the defensive side of the ball. Your starting corner goes down. Uh, so all of these things started to happen, and this coaching staff has still found a way. Uh, even the kicking game, the, you know, the, 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 the center holder exchange, it's not where it needs to be. You, you're, not, you're not being complacent. You're constantly on the edge of getting guys in and out, trying to keep things at a certain level. I think that that's a very, very good coaching job of making certain that not only do you continue to move forward, but you move forward at an undefeated pace. That your offenses, defenses are high in as far, even from a statistical standpoint, not just passing the eye test, but even the numbers say that they're some of the best in the league. Uh, that's, that's my A+. Plus. I, give, I give him an A. Um, I think the job that Kyle Shanahan has done is terrific. Uh, I think what you just mentioned, um, being able to handle those injuries, right? Mm -hmm. Have juice going down, have your two tackles going down, changing up personnel groupings, changing up the way things are done a little bit and still be able to have successful. Putting a guy like Daniel Brunskill and Justin School in positions uh -huh. to succeed. You know, That's very important. Yeah. Not just putting them in. But, but, in, but understanding in, how to tweak your offense to give them an opportunity to succeed as they learn. He, I think that I think that's been huge. Uh, we week in and week out, we talk about the job that Salah has done mm -hmm. uh, with the defense. So I, I think it's been, I think it's been incredible. I, I, I think we all expected this team to be improved. I don't know anybody expected eight and zero, um, but for them to be amongst the elite and to be standing right now as the only undefeated team left in the NFL through. Uh, through through the midway yeah. point, I, I, you got to give him an A. So I, yeah, I, we I talked a long a. time about that because I could have just said A A A A and moved on. Yeah, right. <laughs> we so let, let, but that's okay. So let, let's give us some awards now. Um, midseason awards, and these are not just Niners awards. These are these are no, the league awards. These we're, are the league awards. Go, yeah, so these if, are league awards. If the voting was done right now. And we were so talking. Do you want to say, save the MVP for last? Yeah, we save the MVP for last. Okay, let's right. save MVP for last. Uh, let's let's go offensive player of the year. Offensive player of the year. You want me to go first or you? Uh, I can start off. If you want okay, me to? You go ahead. All right. So I know the 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 sexy pick is Christian McCaffrey, and he's had mm -hmm. a great year. Mm -hmm. And even the Niners saw that up close and personal. Even even he was able to get loose a couple times against this mm -hmm. Niners defense. I wonder if you're going where I think you're going. But I'm going to H-Town. Deshaun Watson. I think what he's done and the way in which he's done it has just been phenomenal okay, uh, okay. so far for, for the Texans this year. And, and on top of that, like, he's just fun. Like, I know McCaffrey's exciting. But Watson's just fun to watch. I mean, Duke gets wow. kicked in the eye and still throws a, a touchdown I, pass. I like he it. got robbed of a touchdown in London when he did the the, yeah. the Air Watson pose on Sunday. Like, dude is getting it in each okay. and every week. Okay. Now, see, this is my one thing when we're talking about the overall offensive player. I'm never going to go quarterback for offensive player. Reason okay. being, 
The MVP of the league is not really the MVP. It's it's a quarterback. The, it's a quarterback, That's a quarterback award. award. Kind of like so, what the Heisman is so now. So I can't I can't put for the, for the league's offensive player. I don't think it's fair to allow a quarterback to have two categories. That's the only reason I won't go watch. I'm going it right Monopoly, there. baby. Okay, Monopoly. Okay. okay, so and I and Christian McCaffrey. Yes, I'm looking at it's. It's hard to not go Christian McCaffrey. Um, but I think I'm going to go Michael Thomas. Okay. I think I. I, I mean, the, he's been doing it. Doesn't matter who they put under center. He's still eating up the league. It's, and I, I said this a couple of months ago, and I was at work talking to some some friends, and I. I said he's the best receiver in the league for my money. Uh, and, and people he's, were saying, he's like, been, oh, slow down, Turbo. Don't go that far. But I'll I, say this. I like the guy a I'll lot. say this. He's been the best receiver because that's what we're talking about right now. For, for the first half of the season, he's been the best receiver, and I say argue, arguably the best offensive player uh, when you look at what he's done because his his productivity is, is completely – attached and based on what's happening at the quarterback position. And he's having to do some things uh, the hard way. He hasn't had his quarterback, and, and he's getting it done. So I, it's, it's, I'm, I'm looking at what McCaffrey has done. I'm looking at what Michael has done. But I'm also going to give – I'm giving Michael the, a little bit of an edge because he's done it without um, – even McCaffrey has two, but – the guys are working without their number one quarterbacks, but you have a better overall record. I'm going to give him credit for that as well because he's a part of that record. So that's why I'm going there. Michael Thomas, my guy. I, I, I like the pick. I like the pick. A defensive player of the year. Ooh. So Shaq Barrett's been a sack master. He's he's leading the league in sacks. Oh, let me. I'll go first this time though. Okay, go for it. I, I'll go first. My defensive player because you went first last time, right? Yeah, yeah. Defensive player of the year, um, Stephon Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore. I trade and I and I a few weeks ago, and I'm showing some of my picks, and I have the right to change my mind because the season is still going on. I said it was McCordy. You're, but I'm going Stephon Gilmore because I'm just looking at the way he's been playing. This is one of the you, you can we can have the discussion as to which defense is better, New England's or um, the 49ers. There's no question that they're both good. Stephon Gilmore allows that defense to do what they're doing. He, he is playing – there's not another corner in the league playing better than him. I'll just put it that way. Nobody's playing better than him. He is, he is the guy that they base everything around, and it's not one of those deals where, okay, Stefan is out there matching up with the number one. Even the other night, he matched up with their number one and erased him. I think the dude caught like three balls for 40-something yards or something like that. He, he, when they, they, they have been coming at him. And he has been making plays. It's like a 30% you know, um, rate against him. He just wins. He just flat out wins. And that defense, if you're talking about an all-time historically good defense, he's the best player on that defense that allows him to do what they do. I think he deserves to be the defensive player right now. That's interesting. I know there's a lot. Gilmore's having a great year, and 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 so is Marshawn Lattimore down there in New mm-hmm. Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, Shaq Barrett has done a great job getting after the quarterback. Yep. But I wouldn't consider Tampa a, a, a great defense. Um, so that kind of takes some of the lust 
yeah, of off, that off away, of being you can you can me. be a really good player yeah. on a bad on a bad unit. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna go similar to you. Okay. Best player on, what some would say, the best defense in the Patriots. You you take Lattimore. Um, I'm gonna take Bosa. I think he has defensive been defensive player of the year. Defensive player of the year. I don't know if I can go that far. I'm okay, go, keep going. I'm it's gonna go, your talk. I'm gonna it's go with talk. Bosa. Um, I'm, I'm, I know I'm going out on a, on a limb here a little bit, but I think he's been one of the most impactful players on this unit so far this season. Um, and I think he's had a huge hand in, in them being, you know, at the top or near the top in a bunch of defensive categories so far this year. Uh, his impact has been tremendous, so I'm going to go with Bosa. Okay. Um, I, I, I got it. Got it. That's your choice. I'll, we'll get back to Bosa, I'm sure, at some point. Uh, offensive rookie of the year. Offensive rookie of the year. It's your turn to go first. My turn. All yeah. right. I'm gonna <laughs> so I'm going to go a little out the box here. Okay. Um, I'm going with the stash, Gardner Minshew. Oh wow! Yeah, I think wow. I think I, a lot of people like Danny Dimes. I, he's been okay. At, he's been he's played all right at times. Um, but I think Minshew has played thrown into a situation, thrusted into a situation. Right? Think no one expected anything from this guy. He went four and four as a starter. Kept Jacksonville in the playoff race, uh, in the division race, um, in that AFC South. While uh, Nick Foles went down the first week with that that unexpected uh, shoulder in- injury. So I'm gonna go Minshew. Okay, and, and you know, and when we start talking about the rookie awards, now you can go quarterbacks, and because you know, normally a rookie quarterback is not going to be in the MVP conversation. The rarer that happens, so I got it on there. And a few weeks ago, I would have said, you know, offensive um, rookie of the year would have been Kyler Murray. Uh, but then we had a few more games, which gave me a little bit more time to, to go a little bit deeper on the fam, look at some guys. And I and that puts me on Josh Jacobs. Okay. You talk about keeping your team in it. You talk about um, – and see, with, with uh, Minshew, are you, you – we're, we're saying the better rookie quarterback, but when you rate him with the other quarterbacks, where does he stand? When you talk about Jacobs, we're talking about one of the, I mean, just overall season. He's playing at a high level. He's played at a high level. He's rated, I mean, he is doing it with the best of the running backs in the league, period, right now. We're not just talking about the rookies. I mean, he's carrying the offense right now, um, and they are in it. He's keeping them in it. So I, so that, that's my offensive rookie of the year. I'm, I'm going to keep it up in the bay. Uh, defense rookie in the year. Defensive rookie of the year. That's Bosa. That's an easy one for me. I, and I, you, I, I look at I, you. You say defensive MVP. I, I my reason I don't go defensive MVP is because I think that defense could still function without him. Yeah, they're better with him. I think they'd still be damn good without him. I. That's why I went Gilmore. I don't think I don't think New England's defense is the same without Gilmore. I don't think there's any way they can do what they do defensively without him. There's there's just no way that if you don't have that eraser, you can't run that defense at that level. I think the 49ers could still be pretty damn good on defense if you sit Bosa down a few games. I, I but what he's doing is phenomenal. Yeah, he is. He is on the field. Stay on the field. Don't go anywhere, Bosa. I like it. <laughs> That's my defensive rookie of the year. That's an easy one for me. Hey, he's my defensive player of the year. So of course he's my defensive rookie of the year too, Bosa. 
Finesse uh, Chief, so, you give him two so, awards. So we we agree there. Yeah, I, 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 I give him I give him I give him the double. I give him the double. Uh, comeback Player of the Year. Is it your turn or mine? Uh, it's your turn. It's my turn. I don't know why, I, because I, it, I you keep hearing uh, uh, Cooper Cup. Um, and I hope I'm not throwing names out there. Frederick, which I think is a, you know, for Dallas, I think that's a very, very good choice as well. I keep hearing those names thrown out there because that offensive line in Dallas doesn't work without him. And that's, that's their offense, that offensive line. Uh, but why does, why? I said it before and I'm going to stick with it. Garoppolo. Everybody forgets Garoppolo got hurt. He's playing the quarterback position, the toughest in sports, and he's 8 0. He's playing well. I, that's that's my comeback player of the year. Yeah, you you mentioned this. We actually did actually have a pre-show meeting today, not just the one that you heard. <laughs> Man, on don't the, tell the people. On, just on, tell them. We, let's just on, let them on, on think the we today. wing it. And we, we talked. You you did mention this a little bit, and and you you almost changed my mind a little bit um, with the Jimmy G theory because he is a guy that has has gotten overlooked in this conversation. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go to quarterback. But I'm gonna go not Jimmy G. I'm gonna go with Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I think I, I can't even argue with you on that one. That's I, a good one. I, I think for him, like Breeze goes down, you think the season is over. I didn't for New Orleans. I, I did. I, I did. I, I literally had an interview um, in New Orleans when he was going to go, and I said, and they were asked talking about the backup quarterbacks and stuff like that, and I said, I don't know why New Orleans is. Um, um, stressed. I was like New Orleans fan. I was on the on the radio there. I said, "Fans, if you're listening, I was like, relax. You don't have a backup quarterback. You got two starters. Got two starters. I was like, the guy. I said he has a starters mentality. He's a starter. No, he's not Drew Brees, but he, 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 I knew he was going to go in and do what he did because I knew Sean Payton is so damn smart that Sean is, knows what he can do and he's going to put him in position to be successful. Yeah, I've always been a Bridgewater guy. Yeah, me too. And, and me too. I thought he would have some success, but I didn't know that he would keep this team with the elite, with the upper echelon of the teams in the NFL right now. But well, um, he's he's he knows how to win football games. And, and he knows and he knows what he can't do. And he's do. done that. Yes. And he's done that. And so for that reason, that's, he's, that's a good one. I can't get mad. He's my comeback player of the year. Uh last one, coach of the year. It's on it's on me. Um I'm going to go with Mike's son, Kyle Shanahan. No surprise here, right? Okay. The only undefeated team in the league right now uh, at 8-0. and um, I think he's taken this team from just four wins a year ago to now. People are looking at them. Well, some people. I think I think the jury's still out for some. Um, but some people are looking at this team as, as a serious contender uh, here now. And um, – I mean, on both sides of the ball, they're getting it done. And you're really seeing the innovation and what he can do as a play caller and what, and what he can do with offenses and, and how some of his dad has kind of rubbed off on him uh, as well. And, and this is what you kind of expected, you know, when Lynch and Shanahan came here that you would get this sort of production, uh, you know, offensively. He's got the quarterback. He's got the running backs, plural, and none of these guys are named guys or heralded guys. You're talking about a bunch of undrafted dudes that are out here putting in work and making a name for themselves. He, he's getting it done without his, his top two his top two tackles. Um, it's just I, you can go on and on and on and on. But 
for what he's done so far through these first eight games has been nothing short of remarkable. Okay. See, I, I have to keep referencing my own um, because Gil Brent put something out and he was talking about his flair. So and I responded and I told him what I thought. But that was like after five, six games. And at the time, my defensive coach, I'm, I'm sorry, my coach of the year was uh, Bill Belichick. Uh, reason being, um, I was just looking. It's so hard for Bill because Bill has been so good for so long. It's, he's, it's the Jordan thing where he's competing against himself. Um, but even with him being in competition with himself, he took over as defensive coordinator again, and they are at a historic high. And they were undefeated at the time. So I'm like, how the, the guy got – Belichick got actually, actually got better, okay? He, he did something that had never been – he was doing something that had never been done in the history of the league with that defense. So he was my guy. They lost. They did. Kyle didn't lose. On Sunday night. Kyle was my everybody. number two. Kyle, I don't even go you – just, you just elaborated on all the reasons why. I'm just going to – Belichick lost. Kyle didn't. And Belichick – not only did he lose, this is something that has to be accounted for in that game. He lost. I know his son may be doing some play calling, but there is no way Bill's not on that headset with, his, with listening to what's going on and putting his two cents in. He was out-schemed by Greg Roman. Greg, he was he out-schemed was. because, I mean, that's, that's the chess match. The chess match was, was between he and Greg Roman. I'm sorry. I got to go with Kyle Shanahan on this one. And Belichick, I like Giro. Yeah. But he was he he out-schemed Belichick. So I got to go with Giro. And Belichick admitted I mean, it. I mean with Kyle. Belichick admitted it uh, at the, at the half. He he told uh Michelle Tafoya, who who does such a great job on on the sidelines on Sunday night saying, "We got our co- we got to coach better. We 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 got our coach and and Baltimore of course went on to to continue to have some success in that second uh-huh. half and end up winning that game and handing New England their first L of the and, season. And I, and I can't say that about Cal at any point this season where I can say they were outcoached. I don't, so, so, so that's, that's, that's my coach of the year. Right. right. He, he's out-scheming. He's out-coaching. He's doing it all. So those are NFL midseason. Oh, uh, we, we got one more. Uh, MVP. Oh. We said <laughs> save it for we, last. We said save it for last. That's yeah. right. Um, Go. You go, go for it. Oh, it's my turn? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, you know what? The colors might not like it, but uh-oh, it's I, I just a great. I you know what? This is this thing is, here. no. This is something I learned a long time ago, and I always tell people, and it's something that when you know when fans they don't like what you hear, I tell them like as an analyst, my job is you you scout with your head, not your heart. So you always have to remember that when you're doing these things. So what what are you actually seeing? What does the eye test say? Um, you can look at the numbers, you can do all of those things, and they give you so much. But I tell you, numbers lie. Eye test, when combined, it lets you know. And the, and the eye test and the numbers let me know that Russell Wilson is the MVP. Yeah, yeah I, and we, we agree here. Um, 22 touchdowns, one interception or something like that. And not season. only that, is that when you think of Seattle right now, is it a dominating defense? No, no, it's not their it, D. It's not it, the boom. Legion yeah. of Boom is gone. Is it a dominating run game like with, with Beast Mode once upon a time? They're they're pretty good. They're, in the, they're pretty, they're good, pretty but, good, but, but, but I'm saying, but you don't look at it and just like, okay, it's Beast Mode and we're yeah. going to pound you. No. Um, the offensive line is not the one where you're going to say that's the best offensive line in the league. No. You're not going to look at his receiving core and say, man, he's just got some dogs at the receiving core. But no. 
but they, they're, they're playmakers. He understands how to use his playmakers, his tight end. He extends plays. They, they find ways to win. He understands how not to put his team in a bad situation. And it's, and it's all on him. The pressure is on his shoulders to carry the team, and he delivers. He got paid, and he's doing it. And, and, and Well, he got paid, and it doesn't even look like there's any difference. It's, yeah. it's, not, he's, it's, it's added pressure. It's a continuation. Pressure's always there. You're either feeling it or you're applying it. Russell has always been the type that says, I'm going to apply the pressure and not feel the pressure. And he hasn't changed one bit. I talked to him in the offseason after the contract, and he was like, we're working, man. And I, and I asked him, I'm like, how is the team, like the transition, how is it, what's different now that those guys, the boom, they're gone. It's a whole new crew. And, you know, I was like, how was it, Pete? And he was like, Pete, he was like, Pete's still being Pete. We, we're still working on this. And he said, and I think his exact words to me, this was in July, no, this was in June. He was, he was like, we're going to surprise some people. Yeah, dude announced – his own contract on Twitter in bed with his wife at like, it had to be like something like midnight yeah. on the West coast saying, Hey, we got the deal done. Let's go 12s. Um, we, we, we gonna, we gonna get this thing done or whatever. And it was the mo it yeah. was the biggest mic drop of all time. Right. Dude gets paid. And then he comes in and he's having an MVP type year. We, we agree. He's, he's my MVP as well. And, um, May not have been intentional, but, folks, that is what we call a tease. We're going to talk a whole lot more about Russell Wilson <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and Seattle and the 12s because they just so happen to be. It was intentional. It was intentional. They just so happen to be the opponent for the Niners coming up on Monday night. So later on in the week, we'll preview the Seahawks game and we'll, we'll get all into Dangerous and, and we'll talk some Niners defense as well and them going up against another quarterback that has some mobility to him as well. So, uh we give you our grades for the Niners this year. We give you our, our midseason awards throughout the NFL. And, and we uh, also told them, don't panic uh, after that Cardinals game. They won. Let's move on. <laughs> they got the dub. That's on, it. On, look, it, it was Halloween. You expected things to get a little spooky, right? If not, it wouldn't have been <laughs> Halloween, right? He is Super Bowl champ Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. This has been the Believe in 49ers podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. We will see y'all later this week. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.